Hello listeners and welcome to Retrospective Replay Episode 6, a serialised deep dive into the world of video games. This is Season 2, Metal Gear Solid. My name is Ian and with me tonight as always is Michael, hello. Hello Ian. How are you? Yeah, I'm okay. Uh, how's the how's the football going for you? Did you have a favourite? Do you have a still have a favourite in there? Uh, yeah, I watched um, Spain just beat Croatia five three. That was a good game five. after extra time. It's probably the best game of the tournament so far. France are currently losing to Switzerland, but that's only thirty minutes in. So that's who knows? Enough. Who knows how it'll go. What's your prediction on the England-Germany game tomorrow? Uh, a draw. <laughs> Fair enough. On the fence, eh? But the real winner is, is football. The real <laughs> Everyone wins. Football wins. Yeah, well, we should do um, a podcast on football video games. There's lots of random ones. Um, I can't remember what the name of this goal is that the ball will win to go on fire when you kicked it. Adidas Power football movies. I had mm. that one, and you could players could kick each other. Oh, that was a red um, card. There was one where people would get red cards. So the whole point of it was to get red cards. I can't remember. Right. Either. And then you could put in a code, and the commentary would turn to women, and the women would just be like, "E kicked the ball," and it's like, oh, so sexist, really. Um, I had another one called Libero Grande, which I think was in the arcade originally, and you basically played one guy. So the camera was behind this one guy, and you focus uh, on playing one guy, and and that was that was quite good. I quite like Libero Grande, to be honest. Yeah, I mean there was that was on um, Pro Evolution Pro Ev where you were one player. I can't remember what that mode was, and then obviously you I think the latest one in FIFA now as well, like Pro Clubs, you can be one one control one player or do career right. mode. Ah, this is on PS One. This is miles ahead of its time, eh? Yeah, and then there's the the other football game that takes your life football manager i never really played a football management game for a long long time to be honest yeah. i played a few back on the amiga um i can't remember what they're called now a couple of amiga football games i remember obviously sensible soccer that was a big one uh john bonds football remember that one uh sierra soccer i think there was something superstar kickoff loads of stuff played wasn't there a mario football game Mm, not sure I can't remember Mario football Mario golf Mario tennis maybe there wasn't can't remember if there's a Mario football game maybe not right let's see um, should I actually talk about the show yeah <laughs> okay well social promotions we're on Twitter at Retro Replay Pod and Facebook as Retrospective Replay Podcast I started Discord a while ago, you know, just to take the name, and I never done anything with it, but I've added it to the Linktree link anyway, so if you go on our profile, follow that, you'll see the Discord if you want to come join us, talk about stuff, that's good. And also, competition's still running till the end of the season. I can't imagine we've got too many episodes now left to record, probably another two, three, four tops uh, will announce the winner at the end. Um, And on the patch note, so we have a patch note that's not from me this time. This is from Ben Robinson on Twitter. That's a real person. So it's a we, real person. We haven't made this up. Yeah. So hi, Ben. 
what he said was that Snake was naked because Naomi strip searched him because I believe in the first episode we said why is he naked I think we did address that anyway in the second episode when she does say she strip searched him but that was that and the reason the floor was metal is because when they're doing the interviews which I didn't realise when they're interviewing Snake it's actually all happening on the submarine oh okay that makes sense which makes a lot of sense and then he said as to why Snake is blonde I don't know but of course we know why really but we'll get into that as we get to the story. So we resume the game. And we resume where we beat Sniper Wolf in the long tunnel. And there's no background music. There's just a lot of wind blowing. And we just need to run up to the end of the walkway. And there's some bullets and things. And you can see uh, like blood on the ground where Sniper Wolf was. Where I don't think that's where he shot her. It doesn't go where he shot her. But you know, just, just put blood on the floor. And there's a door to the right-hand side. And as we approach the door, it's a level 6 door, and we don't have a level 6 card. But even if you don't have your card equipped, an alarm goes off, and some guards then come and point some weapons at Snake, shouting, don't move. The screen fades out, then back in again, and Snake is standing with his arms in the air. I guess they just probably just didn't want to animate him putting yeah. his arms in the air, do you think? Maybe. Sniper Wolf then approaches and says... She's, can I just say, she is so, like, over-the-top, stereotypical, cliche Russian accent on her. Like, the worst, <laughs> yeah. That's very true, she does. Um, and also her outfit, did you notice? It's like, it's a jumpsuit, and it's only buttoned up to, like, a waist, and then it's just, like, this massive, deep V, she's not wearing anything under it, and it's like, come on. Sniper Wolf then approaches Snake and says, it's hard to miss when you're this close and she's got a gun trained on him. She demands his weapon and Snake throws it over while Sniper Wolf tells him he was a fool to come back. But it's, it's like literally the only way to go, isn't it? Yeah, where else is he gonna go? Yeah, he's, he's not just gonna be like, ah, you know what, doesn't matter, I'm going home, see ya. And I don't get this next part, because Snake says, a lady sniper, huh? Well, it's 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 in keeping with the sexist tone of the whole thing. <laughs> well, it, it does keep on the sexist tone, the, the misogyny of it. But, like, it's almost like you didn't know she was a woman. But shouldn't you have known this when the colonel was like, she's a deadly and beautiful sniper. Unless he thought he was talking about a man, but men are never really described as beautiful, are they? I don't know. I mean, they can be. There's no reason they can't be, but men normally don't get described as beautiful. You would normally say, like, he's handsome or dashing, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, but he said she was a she, didn't he? I think he did, you know. Oh, did he? Did he not just say sniper wolf, a beautiful and deadly sniper? Oh, I don't know. But, but just by describing beautiful, your mind would normally probably go to a woman, right? Yeah. Anyway, Wolf then tells him that two-thirds of these greatest assassins are women and asks him if he wants to die now or after his lady friend. And what do you think the next line when he says, I'll die after I kill you? Yeah, he, he's full of his one-liners. <laughs> he loves his one-liners. Wolf tells him that he has spirit. And she finally introduces herself at this point as Sniper Wolf, even though we know it's Sniper Wolf because it was under the health bar and we could see her down the score. And she says she always kills what she aims at. She approaches Snake, calling him her special prey, and then scratches his face. She says this is her special mark, and she's left it on him, and until she kills him, she won't forget it. She motions to a guard who hits Snake with his gun and knocks him out to the floor. We then see from Snake's eyes as he gets dragged away and the screen fades black. After a couple of moments of silence, we hear Liquid say, Don't kill him yet. To which Ocelot replies, Leave it to me. 
Luke tells him that he doesn't want any more accidents like the Darby Chief, and Wolf adds that he is her target. The screen fades in. We hear buzzes and beeping from machinery, plus the hum of what looks like operating theatre lights. You can move the stick around at this point. Did you do that? Uh, yeah. And you can look around. Yeah. And it's a bit funny, and I'll point it out in a minute, but if you look around, there's nothing to see. And Liquid says, Can you hear me, Solid Snake? Do you know who I am? I always knew I would meet you, the man who stole what was rightly mine, the man who stole my birthright. Then if you try to move any more, Ocelot tells you, forget it, your body's strapped down tight. And I'll point out why I thought that was a bit weird. Liquid then restarts. After 30 years of sacrifice of our brothers, finally the two of us meet, the brother of light and the brother of dark. Wolf asks if they need his DNA, and Liquid tells her yes, I want to sample while he's still alive. They need to correct the genome soldier's mutations. However, this won't cure them. They still need Big Boss's DNA. They talk about the demands, how they haven't given in, and Sniper Wolf calls them hypocrites, and Liquid asks her if this is opinion as a curd. Which is a bit of a funny thing to bring up, isn't it? Yeah, why, why, why does it matter if she's Kurdish? Yeah, I didn't really understand why he said that, but we move on. She tells Liquid that politics are always put first. Liquid agrees with her, which is why they want to avoid any news leaks about the new weapons. Ocelot then says, it looks like our new friend is awake, and the table tilts forward. We can see Liquid in the middle, Sniper Wolf on the left, and Ocelot on the right. And this is why I said it was a bit weird, because they were already talking at him. Ocelot always said, don't struggle. And then he says, oh, it looks like he's awake, like after the conversation. Is that not just odd? Mm, yeah. Um, and there's, there's a couple of oversights. I don't know if it's an oversight. Maybe I'm missing something here. How do you mean? Like, I don't know. Is there a point in this dialogue that I've missed? I don't know. I, I think it's just a bit of an oversight on their half. Liquid looks at Snake, telling him there is a resemblance, and asks Snake if he agrees. Then he calls him his little brother, or even his big brother, but he's not really sure. He states that himself a solid snake are the last surviving sons of Big Boss. Then Liquid phone rings and he has to go off and deal with the situation with Vulcan. As he leaves, he mentions the demands aren't being met and to launch in 10 hours as planned. Liquid leaves, leaving Revolver Ocelot in charge. He asks Sniper Wolf if she wants to stay for the show. She declines and leaves to feed her wolves. Ocelot then asks about the ninja. Liquid states that he's some kind of lunatic and speculates a spy may be among them. Additionally, Mantis is dead and they don't know what killed Baker and Octopus. So we haven't seen Octopus, have we? And he's dead, apparently. Yeah, I was wondering who is Octopus, but yeah. Well, it was Decoy Octopus, a master of disguise, but now he's dead. Yeah. That's when Liquid Snake leaves and says, See you later, brother. Sniper Wolf approaches him and says, Your woman is still in this world, and then leaves. Revolver Ocelot and Snake make a little bit of small talk, don't they, about napping mm. on the bed and trying to be cool, yeah. and it's almost like one line after one line. And Snake asks where his things are, and they're conveniently in a box just right next to him. So that's really handy, isn't it? Rather than just chucking them out or putting them somewhere in storage. No, no, they're in a box right next to where Solid Snake is. Just floating there, Snake's items. Yeah, just rotating in a box. It's a big red box as well, just in case. Yeah, in case, case hard to see. Ocelot... Tell Snake someone must have a lot of confidence in his skills sending him in. And Snake asks him about the new nukes. Ocelot tells him to go to the Colonel, much to Snake's surprise. He then moves the conversation towards the disc and asks if there is only one and no copy. 
Snake is confused and asks if Meryl is alive, even though he was just told that by Sniper Wolf, which yeah. is ridiculous. Ocelot says that she's not dead, and if Snake wants it to remain that way, he needs to start answering questions. The question being where the other keys are. He says Baker told him there's a trick to the keys, however Snake doesn't know. So we move on to a scene that I remember quite well. Even after I hadn't played the game two years ago, I still always remember this torture scene. Did you remember it? Yeah. I mean, this yeah. is one of the scenes yeah, that you completely remember. However, it is a bit, again, fort wall-breaking. Yeah, completely, isn't it? Yeah, because, you know, he says, press circle to replenish your health. Press select to give up. Um, don't use auto-fire, because I'll know. Which is lies, because I've used auto-fire on this in the past, and he doesn't know. He hasn't got a clue. Ah, okay. You thought that maybe they'd read in um, button presses per second or over a certain number of time and go, oh, that's probably an auto-fire. If you remember International Track and Field, another Konami game? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if you pressed the button too fast or you used auto-fire, it would actually come up on the bottom of the screen and say auto-fire. So it was like baked into the game to identify when you're probably using auto-fire because the buttons are just being pressed faster than what is more than likely humanly possible. So it's like taking drugs in the Olympics. Well, it is. It is exactly like taking drunk the Olympics, but he doesn't know, and he won't call you out on it. What else does he tell us? He says there's going to be no continues, and if you die, that's it. And then for me, he said, you haven't saved your game in a while, which again, breaks the fourth wall. Mm. And, I, and it's true, but I don't think I had saved the game for a while. However, I quick saved, like using the emulator beforehand, just to see what happens when you die. And when you die, you get a custom screen, um, like a custom death screen, where liquid like I'll, I'll probably just play it but anyway liquid shouts at ocelot and ocelot apologizes ocelot did it again sorry boss and it just drops back to menu you don't get a continue like if you died in a regular room so i just did a quick load and and back on there okay so you just hit circle loads on you to stay alive and when you finish ocelot says snake is a strong man saying that he's definitely Liquid's brother being so tough. Then he says how amazing Liquid is, and the Le Enfant Terrible project was not a total failure. So what's that in English? The terrible infants? Terrible children. Yeah, the awful children are the terrible children. Which, there's no explanation for it, is there? And then it's just Snake gets dragged off again by his feet, and he gets put in a prison cell. So Snake looks around the cell, and he can now see the Dopper Chief is dead in the corner, but he's clearly covered in maggots, and he's been dead for a few days. Gameplay resumes, and he can move around the cell a bit. Um, the guard is patrolling, and it's the same one as before, isn't it, who got yeah. knocked out? Because he sneezes and says he caught a cold because that woman had stole all his clothes. He refers to her as a witch. And if you make noise, like you tap the wall or you do a three-punch-kick combo, he tells you to shut up, doesn't he? Yeah. Um, after a few seconds, the codec then rings. And it's Campbell, he wants to know how Snake is. Snake says he's been better, and Naomi asks about Meryl. Snake tells her the enemy have her. Campbell tells Snake that the government have made their decision, and they will not give in to the demands of the terrorists. Snake ignores this and tells the Colonel he wants the truth about what's happening. He says he knows that Metal Gear can launch a new type of warhead, and wants to know why the Colonel hid this information. After a brief pause, the Colonel apologises, admitting his guilt. Snake tells him he's changed a lot for not telling the grunts. He then asks how deep the deception and lies go within the government. And Roy tells him, as of yesterday, the president wasn't aware of the the Rex project to keep plausible deniability. 
This is because he's about to sign the Start 3 Accord. So do you know anything about that Start 3 Accord? It's about nuclear proliferation to reduce the amount of nuclear weapons between the US and the Soviet Union at the time, wasn't it? And do you know what START stands for? No. Strategic Arms Reduction Treaty. Oh, okay. Did not know that. Yeah, it's just trying to decrease the amount of nukes held by a country at any one time. Yeah, I think um, countries are moving away from that again, though, which is bad. Very bad. Don't do drugs. Stay in school. Don't launch nukes. <laughs> Roy continues to explain that this is because the president has to keep up his reputation and America has to remain as a dominant superpower. Snake pushes back at Campbell, stating that they are circumnavigating the Constitution and using patriotism as an excuse. Roy then starts to plead with Snake to stop the terrorists. Snake asks why they don't give up Big Boss's remains. Campbell goes to tell Snake something, but Naomi speaks over him, stating the president has been against eugenic experiments and they don't want the existence of the genome army to go public. Snake doesn't believe this, but nobody replies to him. So he moves the conversation to state the DARPA chief is in the room and looks and smells like he has been dead for days and all of his blood has been drained out. Naomi confirms with Snake that Anderson had only died a few hours ago, yet he's decomposing. Snake wonders if there was something in his blood they wanted to get hold of, and Naomi tells him probably not. He only had nanomachines, son. Nanomachines, son. Nanomachines, son! And the transmitter. They talk about the codes, but, I mean, we already know that, don't we? Um, they, they talk about how they got the codes and the prevention that override the three key cards, where are the key cards, etc., etc. And Roy tells him to forget about the key cards, and the top priority is to destroy Metal Gear. He says to bust out of there, thanks, Colonel Obvious. And go back to the comms tower. However, he has a favour for Snake, even though it's asking a lot. Snake guesses it's to save Meryl, and he agrees. So, drop back to gameplay, and again, there's not much to do, is there? You're in the cell, you walk around a bit, you can look at the guard, and eventually Beeper goes off, and the guard says that it's time that Ocelot wants him. Well, before that, I rang mm -hmm. Otacon. Oh, okay. And then Otacon said he would come to help him. So Snake told him where he was, and then Otacon said he would be right there. Right, okay, and did he arrive before you went in the torture room? No. Or did you have, you have to do a second round of torture You have to do anyway? a second round of torture. So we move into the second round of torture. He tells us the rules again, but then he breaks into this, like, diatribe about Russia, doesn't he? Yeah. He says he's fought wars around the world, and he was trained by the Russian JRU, and was feared and known as Shalashaska. So if you've played... Well, you haven't, have you, the latest Metal Gear? Yeah, but I know why he's called Shalashaska. It's a, it's actually not a name at all. It's a mixture of two two things. The first part, it's Sharashka in, in Russian. It's an informal name for the secret research and development labs that were used in Soviet gulag labor camps. Right. And it comes from Russian slang expression for Sharskina Kontora, which basically means the Sharaska's... Um, office and that in turn i think is derived from a, a term sharaga which is a band of thieves or hoodlums um mm -hmm. so that's the first part so i think it's the fact that ocelot was recruited by or he was part of the russian secret service or people doing experiments yeah. and whatnot during uh, yeah. in soviet gulags and then the other thing is that it's also a combination of a word shaska which is a russian single-handed saber so the two together is shalashaska which makes a lot of sense because in the latest Metal Gear, I think he has a saber, and I think they refer to him as Shalashaska in that. 
from yeah. memory. So now we move back to the torture, and it's the same thing again. He tells us the rules again. So you get through the three rounds of torture. At the end, Ocelot says, that's enough for now. And now he moves off into a rant, into a diatribe about Russia, stating how Russia now lives in a sad age. And he lists all the various ages, doesn't he? Um, like perestroika, totalitarianism. And he says, these ages had problems, but at least they had an ideology. But Russia today has nothing. Snake tells him a new spirit of nationalism has been born as it struggles with freedom and order. Yeah. Ocelot then tells Snake that Liquid has a friend high up in Spetsnaz and they're going to buy Metal Gear and its weaponry. The Hind was a down payment. What's interesting as well is that um, obviously Ocelot gives a bit of his own background. He talks about being in the GRU, which is effectively yeah. the Russian Special Forces. Spetsnaz yeah. is also the Special Forces. Um, I think it's it's the current name of the GRU is just GU, so it's the main director the main director of general staff of the armed forces of the Russian Federation. Previously, when it was the Soviet Union, it was the, just the main intelligence division. It's kind of the intelligence service, and it's got its own special forces unit, which makes sense to me now, because when I've been playing Warzone recently and yeah. Cold War, the attachments uh-huh. for the Cold War weapons, there's a Spetsnaz grip, and there's a Gru yeah. suppressor, which right. obviously are the attachments for the the Russian weapons or for the Cold War weapons because the yeah. crew and the Spetsnaz uh, Russian uh, special forces. So it's all connected. Well, yeah, it is all connected. Everything's connected. I'm just, you know, I'm just waiting to we'll find, I don't know, the Ashley Riot Shield or something. Well, <laughs> but I mean, yeah, I mean, Ocelot has a, he's also still walking around with only one hand. Yes, he is currently. And it's like, it's got bandages on, hasn't it? I think it's got blood on the bandages. Yeah. Snake says that Ocelot isn't in for the money, but he reveals his objective so to be that he wants Russia to be reborn and to lead a new world order. So I guess he just wants him to be a superpower, doesn't he? Yeah. Well, he wants it to go back to the old days of, you know, the Soviet Union. Yeah, the USSR. Back in the USSR. <laughs> or like um, Ra Ra Rasputin. <laughs> I think that's going back a bit too far. I think that's 1800s, isn't it? Early 1900s. Yeah. We get back in the cell, and the colonel calls back and asks Snake if he's okay. And he tells him there's nothing new to report. Naomi jumps on, asking him if she can help. And Snake says that his arm hurts. And she responds by releasing some painkillers from the nanomachines. Son. Nanomachines, son! What, did you see how she put them into him? Put the controller against your arm? Did you get that as well? Yeah. But mine doesn't... Do vibrate. Mine doesn't vibrate, so it was pointless. Um, I think it's just meant to vibrate and stimulate your arm. He also told her not to give him any um, Benzedrine because it makes him frisky. Yeah. Um, Which Benzedrine is an amphetamine, um, so I guess that would make sense. And she says, you know, there mustn't be much wrong with you then, you know, if you're still able to crack jokes. That's it, and then she has a smile on her face, doesn't she? Yeah. She clearly wants him. Everybody wants him. That's, <laughs> That's what you true. get. Obviously, you know, if being sexist and and whatnot, it works. Men want to, <laughs> men want to be him, and women want to be with him. Is that how it is? He's like James Bond, I suppose. He is Jack James Bond. Snake then asks Naomi if she'll have a conversation with him to take the mind off the pain, and he wants to know about her. Snake asks about her family, and he states that he doesn't have any apart from a man that claimed to be his father. However, he killed him. And the colonel reveals this to be Big Boss, much to Naomi's surprise. I mean, it's a surprise to anyone, really, who never played the other Metal Gears and played this. Yeah. Because it wasn't mentioned in the briefing, was it? 
no. in the past ops. What was? That was his father. No. Was it actually revealed in the game, though? Did When you played Metal Gear 2, did he actually reveal that he was his father? Can you remember? I think so. Naomi asks Snake how he could kill Big Boss knowing this, and he tells her he wanted it. Besides, some people just need killing. And that reminds me of um, Rick and Morty, you know, Michael Crombobulus, and he's like, oh boy, here I go killing again. Yeah. It's just it's how he sounds. Naomi defines this as patricide, which was a new word for me. I didn't know what patricide was, and I thought it was maybe killing your parents, but it's not. It's um, it's killing your father. Yeah. Matricide is if you kill your mother. Yes, and regicide is if you kill a king. Regicide. Regicide. As yeah. in regal. Yeah, or monarch, if you kill a monarch. And what if you kill a queen? I think that's Still also regicide. regicide, yeah. Yeah, probably just goes as regicide. I think fratricide is also something. I think that's if you kill a brother. Like, uh, well, I suppose it would be a brother, wouldn't it? Fratricide, because it's like a fraternity, like a fraternity of brothers, right? Yep. Oh, what other sides is there? Genocide, suicide. Yeah. And I don't know any other sides, to be honest. If you know any other sides, send them to us on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, sure. Snake agrees, but then adds that this is the trauma that him and Mantis shared. She then moves on to tell us about her background. She only had a big brother who wasn't even a blood relative who put her through school. Snake asks where he is now, but he is dead. She then asks if there's a woman in his life, which she's totally got the hots for a man. Yeah. Snake says that he doesn't trust anyone. However, Roy Campbell is his friend. And Roy's, Roy's really surprised, isn't he? And he's like, you still call me your friend? But I guess if he's got no friends, then he hasn't really, you know, he yeah. hasn't got much choice. She asks if that was all. But he says there was another friend called Frank Yeager, a.k.a. Grey Fox. Even though they fought in battle, they were just two hired guns doing their job. Naomi says that's insane, but Snake tells her war is no reason to end a friendship. He then continues to tell her about Frank, saying that he showed him the ropes when he was still green. He compares war to a sport and agrees that all men are animals when she calls him one. The conversation moves on to Naomi and why she went into genetic research, and it's because she didn't know her parents. She wanted to know why she is the way she is. By studying genetics, she may have revealed some truths about herself, possibly from memories stored within DNA. Snake asks about the memories and asks her that if she's seen his DNA, does she know his fate? She says no, and we conclude the conversation with Snake telling her, of course not, you're a scientist, not a fortune teller. Weird, weird line, to be honest. Yep. So back to gameplay. Back in the cell. The guard got a bad stomach yet and ran out. And this is where I phoned Otacon. Oh, okay. So Otacon comes in with his active camo and he calls us over to the door. And we got a small cutscene and Otacon states that we can't get out with a key card and we need an actual key. But he has some items. And he gives us a ketchup packet and what looks like a can, probably like a can of tuna or something. Yeah, I think it, it looked like a can of tuna to me. But on and some other things that I've seen, somebody said it was a hamburger wrapped in. No way, a hamburger. No, like a I had it that it was a tin of food. But what a weird thing to bring people, ketchup and a tin of food. I'm going to, um, I'll put it on Twitter. I'll put a screenshot on Twitter of that exact thing. You know, tell us. I'll put a poll up. Is it a hamburger? Is it a can of tuna or is it something else? Yeah, because I've seen people say it's a hamburger wrapped in foil, but nah. Nah, it's def- it looks like a tin of tuna to me. Yeah, but how is he going to open it? Or maybe it's got a ring pull on it. Yeah, yeah it could have a ring pull. I mean, you got to think this is 2007, right? Yeah, okay, I suppose. It looks like a certain brand of ketchup as well. What brand? Well, there's only one brand of ketchup. Well, true. <laughs> 
as their own. <laughs> <laughs> he also gives us a level 6 key card to escape the room, which is no good right now, but thanks very much. And Sniper Wolf's handkerchief. Snake asks why, doesn't he? He says why he um, give the handkerchief, and he just says that's just nice, and Snake defines it, says it sounds more like Stockholm Syndrome. Otacon then pleads with Snake, saying that Sniper Wolf likes dogs, so she must be a good person and not to hurt her. Snake tells him to wake up, as she's the one who shot Meryl. Snake asks Otacon to take out the guard, but he refuses, puts on his active camo and runs away when he comes back. So there's a couple of ways to escape anyway. So if you didn't get the ketchup, you could hide under the bed. Oh. And what happens is he comes in and goes like, oh, where is he? Like, as if hiding under the bed is, is like amazing. Like, oh my God, he's gone. Where could he possibly be? There's like, there's, from where the bed is, I'm pretty sure if you turn around and look from the door, you can see under the bed. These are 180 IQ soldiers, remember? I never, I always, because I remember playing it first and I always used to catch up. So that's, the, I, yeah, I was like, I'm, I need to wait. Yeah. I'd forgotten how you get to catch up. But then right. once he showed up with the ketchup, I'm like, oh, well, there you go. That's the ketchup. So, yeah, the second way is you equip the ketchup, don't you? You lie down and use it, and it looks like Snake has bled out on the floor when he comes running in, then you stand up and... It's very runny out. ketchup, though. It's very runny ketchup, and there's a lot of ketchup for a small packet. Yeah. But, you know, there's a third way to escape. No. What's the third way? So, if you don't hide under the bed and you don't get the ketchup packet, you wait and you go in for a third round of torture... And after you, you survive the third round of torture, the ninja comes in and breaks you out. Ah, okay. So they think of everything, right? That's a bit convenient. So now we're out, and you can move into the torture room and grab your gear back, which was conveniently placed next to the torture device, which is great. And Snake runs behind it to put his gear back on, I guess because they didn't want to animate it, right? Yeah. And when we move outside of the door, we are back on the B1 lift of the tank hangar, but there's some new... Cameras, new gun cameras installed. Our contractor has been out again installing all these new gun cameras. Like he's putting the camera up. Then is he running power to these cameras, do you think? Or do you reckon they're running batteries? Um, it's 2007, so they probably... I would say they're power. They're running power to them. They're running power to them. He's really good, this contractor, mind. Yeah. So where did you go after this? Did you go back down to B2? Um, I went in the lift and I went to the first floor and I went back across the minefield um, and then I went to the nuke warhead silo, obviously going right. back through there. Then I took the lift down to B2 oh. and then I went back because I know now that I had a level 6 card and I remember there were some level 6 doors there. I also remembered that I was probably going to be going onto a new area, i.e. the second disc, which doesn't really matter in this without discs but anyway so i went back to the gas room and i turned right where those gun cameras were right because um, there's level six door there so i went in there and there's body armor that ah, you can pick okay. up and then i, I missed yeah. the body armor so i went down to the b2 straight away from the tank hangar and there is um a camera down on the b2 like if you go past the armory yeah you know where kenneth baker was you go past there back to where them gun cameras are and there's a camera but i've missed the body armor i'm not sure if i can get back to that body armor section i might be able to yeah because you it's can a long also way to go though right yeah plus there's also some ammo and uh, some ammo and grenades and stuff just to pick up as well all right okay i might go back for the body armor i could have probably done for the for the next boss to be honest but that's really good well i mean as we're going there we get a call do you get the call from deep throat no did you not i don't think i did and he tells you there's a bomb in your items. Oh, yes, yeah. 
That w- I got the call from him in the um, when I was in the torture room. Right. I think it depends on how long. I think so long has to pass. Um, there might be 99 seconds on the bomb or 120 seconds on the bomb. And after a while, he calls you to say that there's a bomb in your items because I was actually down getting the camera when he phoned me. And if you don't do it, the colonel calls you to then say, select it from your equipment menu and use the circle button to throw it away. So more fourth wall breaking. Yeah. If you don't do it, it blows up and it does kill you straight away. Ah, okay. Yeah. And then you get a death screen with the revolver ocelot laughing. That's a dirty trick. So yeah, as you say, we ran all the way back there. I missed the body armor, so that's a good tip. Don't forget the body armor in the gas room. And did you, when you went past the wolves, did you equip the handkerchief? Yeah, so I went back in the lift. I went back through Mantis's office, and then you pass by the dogs. But if you have the hanky, they all get hearts for you now. Yeah, like if you had the box. Basically, remember when I was telling you about you can get the yeah. little wolf to weigh on the box? It's the exact same thing. Although this is a lot easier because you can just yeah. travel with the handkerchief. Yeah, well, that's it. You don't have to unequip it. You can just keep it equipped constantly, so it's pretty handy. When we get back to where Meryl was shot, there's a flashback, even though we only saw that scene, what, 20, 25 minutes ago, tops? Yeah. And the best is yet to come is playing in the background. There's a sepia tone over the footage, and it's just Meryl getting shot again and tells us the same as before, saying, I can help you, I want to help live your life. The codec rings, and it's the colonel wanting to talk about Meryl. Snake apologises for being unable to protect her, but Campbell says she's a soldier, joined of her own free will, and would have been prepared for something like this. But Snake tells Roy he is wrong. She thought she had to be a soldier and wanted to be closer to her dead father, and she wasn't ready for real combat. He blames himself for pushing her too hard. Master Miller interjects, telling Snake that he's too hard on himself and not to attack himself for things that happened in the past, and doing so will lead to madness. Which is nice advice for anyone, really, isn't it, about anything in life? Yeah, but I think it's also a bit crazy that they can all just drop into this call. <laughs> yeah, it is. Anyone can just, like, override someone else. It's like being on teams and you're just meeting people all the time. You're like, I'll mute you, mute you, mute you, I'm going to talk. Yeah. And it's just like a, it's like a buddy cop movie, isn't it? Yeah, because Mei Ling joins in and says, don't kick yourself. It doesn't suit a legend like you. And then Roy tells them to forget about Meryl and stop Liquid. And they all agree that's what Meryl would also want. And then Naomi's jealousy kicks in again, doesn't it? Yeah. She is like a jealous girlfriend, really. Yeah, I mean, I don't get it, though. She never even met him. Well. That's it. Well, she saw him naked. Maybe she just likes his body. Maybe. Maybe she's just uh, shallow. Maybe. She then asks how much Naomi means to him. Roy laughs at the situation and says it's all in the genes, and this leads to a conversation about Naomi's grandfather. Miller interrogates her about him, the information being that he was half-Japanese, high-ranking FBI agent in the 50s during Edgar Hoover's time, and he helped stop the Mafia. Master says that he thought she didn't have any family. Naomi backtracks, stating she researched it as an adult, after he'd already died and never had a chance to meet him. They all say good luck to Snake and we move on back to the gameplay. And we're back in the sniper corridor and our contractor friend has been out again. He shoved in a gun camera on the right hand side which is hidden. Did that capture you as well? No. No, it got me. And we can now move through the level 6 door where we got caught previously. It's a long corridor that moves to the left and the radar's still jammed. 
we move down the corridor, go left, and as we move through the next door, we get spotted by a camera which causes an action sequence. And this, this sequence is totally unavoidable. You can't do anything to stop it. Do you know what I did, though, as I was walking down that corridor? I plucked Did some... you chuck a chaff grenade? No, I put claymores behind me. Yeah, good idea. So that when people came after me, they got blown up. So the action sequence starts, and there's a box in front of us with a rope, and it's imperative that you grab the rope straight away. Yeah, you need the rope. We have to run up the communication towers, up some stairways, and men follow you, and men are also in front of you. There must be about 15 men in total by the time you get through it. I put some claymores down on the stairs, and what I started doing was throwing a few grenades around. Yeah. And I sometimes equipped the gun to shoot them, but I had a better strategy after, I realized a better strategy after, like I went up a couple of stairways. I don't know, how did you do it? Uh, I just kind of ran up the stairs, and every time, I guess when I got to the top, I'd just wait for them and shoot them with my famas. Right. What I did was I just ran up the stairs and I chucked a stun grenade every sort of three or four seconds. So it was just constantly blowing up stun grenades and as men came on the screen they would just fall down unconscious and I just ran past them. Oh nice. Because you have that many stun grenades now, you have like 16 or something. So if you throw one every three or four seconds it's easily enough to get to the top of the stairs with. Cool. Um, about halfway up there's a door, a level 6 door, and when you get your key card out you get a call from Otacon straight away. He says that's the door to the walkway, but the reason it won't open, it's frozen up from the outside. He says that they sometimes use C4 from the outside to unstick it, and there's no way to open it. He then says there's a second walkway on the roof, and we need to continue on. So you just gotta go up the top, you beat more men, and did you notice how many levels there were by the time you got there? No, I just knew there was a lot. I think it was 22 or 23, but one staircase isn't one level, I think it's two or maybe three or four staircases for one level there's a lot of staircases to go up however once we get the top there we move up the ladders and we get onto the roof and the small cutscene starts we're on a roof showing a huge communication dish and the camera pans around the roof and shows us where we need to go so as we move forward some missiles shoot out the comms dish and it collapses and explodes the hind then re-emerges and a liquid snake is inside and this hind's equipped with a loudspeaker isn't it so you can speak to him yeah and he shouts at Snake and tells him, you're not going to go any further, die. And this is this bit's weird. Did you get, were you confused by the next bit of um, dialogue from Snake? What did he say? When it starts to burn, he says, it's a long way down, if only I had a rope. Oh yeah. But we have a rope. And then he goes, immediately after, he then says, I should be able to use that rope I got. And I was like, is this a bug or is this an oversight? Mm. You know, you didn't need the first line. You should have only really got the first line if you got to the top without the rope, surely. Yeah, he's like, oh yeah, it's a long way down if only you had a rope. Oh, actually I do. I found this rope that I got. That's, yeah. Yeah, 20 seconds ago. If you didn't pick up the rope, would you have to go back down for it? Well, that's what I'm wondering. I guess so, probably. God damn it. More than likely. I just wonder if the men are chasing you all the way back down, all the way back up. That would be, yeah, would be really horrible. Um, the hind strafes around Snake, trying to shoot him, and Liquid shouts over the loudspeaker, what are you going to do? Take on a hind with your bare hands? Snake says, if I stay here, I'm finished. And he returns to gameplay, so you equip the rope and run to the railing. More rockets are fired as Snake ties the rope onto the railing and jumps over. So after he jumps over, Snake is now standing on some ironwork at the top of the building. And I phoned the colonel and he gave me some instructions for the controls for repelling. Oh, I didn't ring the colonel. He called me. <laughs> oh, he called you, did he? Right. Well, it's more classic, like, oh, I'm going to tell you how to do this now. <laughs> yeah, of course. I mean, this is probably the only time you really want to tell you to do something, though. Yeah. Because you hold circle and you can walk. 
And if you press X, you do a jump and you rappel down. But as you rappel down, the helicopter attempts to shoot you, which is easy enough to avoid. But then there's so many steam vents. Why is there so many steam vents? Considering that the inside of the tower looked like it had nothing in it, no heating, no pipes or anything. There's certainly a lot of vents on the outside. Yep. I don't know where all the steam is coming from. Where is this? It makes no sense. It's just there for the sake of it. Yeah, it's there just to get in your way. But it wasn't too hard. Just went down, no problem. And then you land on the walkway for the door that you couldn't get through before. However, you can't open it. You know, you can't put C4 on and open it up. I did that. All right. Uh, not that I needed to for any, any reason, although I might go back now and try and get this body armor. So if you run down the walkway, you get shot at. However, what I did was equip the sniper rifle from the end of the walkway and just shoot the men. When I was going across the walkway, I used the Nikita. Oh, nice. You blew them up. Yeah. I then called Campbell again, who told me the hind is still around and to phone Otacon to find out as a weapon we can use. So I phoned Otacon, and he says, Ah, oh, there's a Stinger missile just up ahead, so that's lovely and convenient. Yep. But he also adds that he has to ask Snake something, and he's on his way. Do you know what a Stinger missile is? What a Stinger missile is away. What a Stinger missile is no. for. What is it? It's a... Well, it's called a FIM-92 Stinger launcher. It's a... Man portable air defense system, also known as man pads. So, a man portable air defense system is like a it's a surface to air missile that a, a soldier can carry on their shoulder. Um, right. It's got an infrared homing device on it, so yeah. it's been used so that you can fire it from ground vehicles, helicopters, or on the ground uh, from a soldier. So, kind of like yeah. a bazooka or a rocket launcher, but it's got a homing. Um, yeah, surface well, that's the difference between a missile and a rocket, right? A rocket is a self-propelled, like, sort of, you know, a rocket that just goes on a trajectory that you pointed at, right? It doesn't... You, rockets tend not to home on, do they? It's missiles that do that. Yeah. But I, I thought man pads is quite cool. Man pads. Man yeah. pads. <laughs> you got your man pads? Sure, here it is. So as we get to the end of the walkway, the helicopter comes back up and starts shooting at us again, and you got to run through the doorway... Uh, very handy. There's a Stinger missile launcher just on the end of in, in the building, with, which is great. It's nice that they put it there just for this this yeah. purpose. Yeah. Imagine if it, if you fall on a car and he's like, yeah, you got to go all the way back to the armory and go get a uh, Stinger missile. You'd be like, oh, are you joking I'd me? have turned off the game at that point. <laughs> <laughs> I'm done. Off. Now we're in the other communications tower. I think, did they call them A and B previously? I think so, yeah. And... I, first of all, before I went to the up, I went down, right down the bottom. And when you get to the bottom, Snake finds the stairs have been broken, you know, they collapsed or whatever. But I, the gap didn't look that big. I'm thinking, surely Snake can jump that. It didn't, yeah, it didn't look like a big drop. Nah, not at all. But anyway, maybe they should have made the, the gap at like level five or something instead of level two. At least you could think, well, he can't jump five stories down. No didn't make sense so we move all the way back up and then as we get to roughly where we came in a little bit further on snake hears a noise and there's like a spooky sort of mysterious sound isn't there yeah and snake moves forward to investigate and it's otacon he deactivates his camo and tells him not to shoot snake wants to know how otacon got there and he says he used a stealth camo to ride in the back of a truck and then use the elevator to get up Snake notes that the first floor was destroyed, to which Otacon says that's why he took the lift. The conversation moves to Otacon, telling him that he's incredible, like a movie star. 
Snake tells him no. In the movies, the hero saves yeah. the girl, which he failed to do. I know this this bit was a bit for me like come on gratuitous. I mean, it's a bit like uh, I don't know. He's like, oh, they didn't save the girl, and then Otacon is like, oh, you know, have you ever loved someone? And then Otacon basically says he came all this way to ask Snake about love. There's yeah. a bloody war. There's a load of people flying around in hindies and all the other stuff going on, and they're preoccupied with with women basically. Get it together. Well, that's it. That's it. <laughs> Otacon asks Snake if he thinks love can bloom on a battlefield, and Snake says yes. Anyone can fall in love with anyone at any time. Snake asks Otacon for a favor, and he asks him to fix the lift, and comes out with a. He, what, what does Snake say? He comes out the line and he says he has to go swat a fly, which is very similar to what Liquid said at the start when he said, I have to deal with some bothers and flies. Yeah. Snake then says to Otacon that he looks rough and asks him if he's okay. Otacom tells him what he does is that he activates his camo and pretends he's not there and he's fine. Snake says this is a bit weird, but that he's counting on him and then goes. So it's again, we move up the communication array. There's still a lot of stairs to cover, but there's no men chasing us this time, but there's gun cameras. And I guess, I mean, maybe they were always there. You know, we can't blame the contractor for this one. Yeah, I don't remember them being there the first time. No, definitely. I, I remembered them, but what I didn't remember is that there's one then two, then three, then four. So I just basically repeated the same trick as I did previously, but with I did with shaft grenades, and yeah. I threw shaft grenade every sort of five or six seconds because you've got loads. Yeah. So just run to the top doing that. And then when we get the top, we're given some items. We're given some stinger missiles and rations. So we climb up the ladder. It looks exactly the same as the other communication tower. And as we move outside, Liquid calls it Snake, calls him his brother again, as to which Snake questions this, why he keeps calling him brother. Liquid tells him to ask the father that he killed, and he'll send him to hell to meet him. So, the hind battle now starts, and this is a pretty good boss fight, to be honest. Yeah. I think one thing as well that Liquid says, though, and this makes it, he says, I'm you, I'm your shadow. So, he's basically saying he's the other half of the snakes. Because he said before on, on, on the torture bait, was it? The brother yeah. of light and the brother of dark. Yeah. So, which one's light and which one's dark? I mean, I guess they're both... You know, like, I'm just wondering if they, if they both have the opposite opinions of each other. Both of the light and both of the dark type of thing, you know? Well, I would say so. And I think as well, you know, he said previously that Snake had stolen his birthright. And the birthright is a kind of an old archaic way of saying um, inherited qualities or inherited um, characteristics. So yeah. he's basically like, saying that... like uh, a prince becoming the next king. That's his birthright, isn't it? Yeah. But I, I think it's, you know, that he thinks that Snake has taken all of the good qualities and he's been left with the bad ones. Well, on the top of the communications tower and the hind flies around it, doesn't it? And what you got to do is equip the Stinger missile and you can lock onto one of three places with the missile on the helicopter, the front, the middle or the back. And I think depending on where you hit it, it does more damage. I think maybe the front does the most damage. I think the front does, does the, the most damage. In the back does the least damage, it might be the way around, and then in the middle probably does in between amount of damage. It took me quite a while, actually. I, I went right down to the knuckle with this one. I went down to like something like about three or four pixels of health, just as I beat him and no rations left, purely because the button on my pad seems to be double firing by mistake a little bit. So I'll press it once and it'll use two rations, and I'm like, oh, that's not good. It's only just started doing that, and I think it's after the torture scene, after I hammered the button like mad. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, I found it was relatively straightforward. I mean, the first half of it is easier because he stays up high in the sky. The second yeah. half of the fight, when he goes down low, 
You just have to keep it trained on him and wait until he jumps back up and then fire it before he shoots at you. Yeah. If you're really good or you're really brave, you can get two missiles off before he shoots at you. So you can shoot it, hit the helicopter, and then... You have to wait, wait don't you? After yeah. You hit it, your first invulnerability phase to, to go off. Yeah, but if you're quick, or if you want to risk it, it's not really worth risking it, I guess. Um, you can fire it too. When we deplete its health, the helicopter kind of... It starts to smoke, doesn't it? He fires some missiles at the top of the communications tower, which Snake manages to avoid. And the helicopter starts to malfunction and goes down and Liquid shouts Snake and Snake says, see you in hell, Liquid. And then as it explodes, he says, that takes care of the cremation. You know what? I lost a lot of respect for him here because he looked at the explosion and cool guys don't look at explosions. So it would have been cooler if he had just turned away and it exploded behind him. And then he was like, that takes care of the cremation. But the fact that he (laughs) looked at it, that just ruined it for me. I was thinking all the way up to this point, you know, he's cool. Now, now he's lost cool points. He's lost cool points, yeah. So we return to gameplay. And before we get to do anything, before we get to call Mei Ling, Otacon rings us and says the elevator is working again. Although it wasn't fixed by him, it just started working, which is nice and convenient. Yeah. Otacon questions what the explosion was, and Snake nonchalantly says that he had to take care of a helicopter. Snake once again asks Otacon this is the way at the maintenance base to where Metal Gear is, and he says yes to go via the snowfield. So that was quite a lot of gameplay, wasn't it? Quite a lot of sections, really. Yeah, I don't think there's a lot left. No, um, we've still a couple of questions about it, really, um, if you don't know the answers already. You know, we haven't seen Decoy Octopus. How is he dead? Why was the Darpa chief decomposing so fast when he only died a few hours ago? Where is Big Boss's body? Where's Meryl? Where, where are the holding Meryl, exactly? Yeah. What is the Campbell hiding from Snake? I was going to say, does Naomi, what's she also holding back on? <laughs> I was going to say that. And what is the connection? What is the Leonfont debris project? And what is the connection between Solid and Liquid Snake? And where is the ninja? And where is the ninja? So would you like to bestow on us some of Mei Ling's advice? I don't know, just a very thoughtful one. So... She says, gather ye rosebuds while ye may. Old time is still a-flying, and this same flower that smiles today, tomorrow will be dying. So basically she says, you know, you should be happy while you can. Um, She says to Snake, you know, you should be happy that you've got enough free time to play a game. Um, Enjoy yourself. So, um, seize today, carp DM, that kind of thing. Because we will all be dead tomorrow. 